everyone, and welcome to Rare, a.k.a. Ricky and Ashley's Rolling Entertainment. I'm Ashley, and before we dive right into this, I just wanted to go into a little detail of what we're all about. This podcast is based around tabletop gaming and entertainment. We give our reviews, opinions, top picks, and explanation of board games, RPGs, or anything that can be brought to the tabletop for anyone to enjoy. Today's episode is our first pilot episode. The topic is our top three favorite board games currently. We hope you all enjoy it and can't wait to continue our podcast adventure with you. So enough of the details, let's roll the dice and get this episode started. I guess we should start off with, I guess. Well, why don't you, why don't you start with a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Ashley. Uh, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I like board games. Yeah. Uh, been playing them for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like hanging out with people and playing <laughs> games. Great start. Good yeah. Start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. What about you? Um. So I'm Ricky. I am 28 years old. Are we supposed to say our age? We can. <laughs> we can always go back and redo yours. That's fine. <laughs> I am married. I also like board games. Oh why we're here that's why we're here (laughs) i've been playing board games probably like so we got your traditional family games yeah we've been playing all our lives yeah and like the board game community probably the past five years um no i don't know what to talk about guess you could say like how we met yeah so Basically, Ashley's husband, Jason, and I worked at a newspaper company together. We were designers for the newspaper. So fancy. So super fancy. Um, and he kept like saying, like, hey, you should come play D&D. And I'm like, I don't know. You're kind of weird. <laughs> he just come across like that, doesn't he? He was kind of aggressive about it. He's like, "You should, you should really come play this game. It's super great. All these cool people." I'm like, "All right." So I finally gave in, and I came to somebody's basement. We that was my dad's basement. <laughs> the first time. So that was my first like interpretation or whatever. Like somebody's creepy basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I met people. It's not sketchy at all. No, not at not at all. But it ended up being super fun. Like I fell in love with D and D. Yeah. That night. Because <laughs> I'd never played it before. That was that was your first time playing it, wasn't it? It's it's always fun playing for your first time. Yeah. Especially with people who know more what they're doing, but yeah. it's still because I, I think I jumped in kind of a mid-campaign for that, too. Yeah, I think so. So, like, you guys were already 
veterans at that point yeah. to an extent. Yeah, Jason had been running the campaign for a little while. Well, it was him and Zach. Yeah, I they were sitting with Zach as the DM for a yeah, couple times. They were flip flopping at that point, I think. Yeah. So we played Fiasco. Yeah. Too. That was fun. Fiasco. That one's fun. It's a fun. I think that was actually before we started getting into board games, too. Yeah, technically. I was still living in Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) A town in Ohio. (laughs) Yeah, a town in Ohio. So that's where our newspaper was. And then uh, I ended up moving in with Mike. And we didn't get into board games until after I moved in. Yeah. So you guys both got into board games at the same time? Yeah, we did it kind of as like a new hobby together. that's fun. Yeah. Because I was actually retelling the story to him because he didn't actually remember. (laughs) But uh, like I moved in and it was a little while and he's like, yeah, I want to go, you know, explore the town. And there's like this one shop I wanted, I've heard about and I want to go check it out. Ended up being a board game store. And I'm like... I'd never really been in a board game store because yeah. this wasn't really a thing. Yeah. Except for, you know, like Walmart and like their family game yeah. section. So we walked around and kind of overwhelmed because yeah, there's like all these games that yeah, you've never wall. heard of before. Yeah. And like we checked that one out. Um, so that one is actually like our main board game store now yeah but we checked out like a couple other ones i don't know if we should give names or not promote them like hey go check them out i mean maybe i don't know okay so we went to the guard tower (laughs) and we're actually to the point where we're on first name basis with some of the workers there because we go there Uh, yeah like we walk in the door and they're like, "Hey, Johnson." <laughs> um, and then, but another place we checked out was called Beyond the Board. It's kind of like a little hole in the wall. Yeah, I don't know if I've heard of that one. Um, so is it? It's kind of in like a strip mall kind of thing, but it like does like one of those like weird U's where like some of them are up front and then okay. it kind of goes back. It was, like, in the back corner. Wait, no, I think, is that by a deli? Yes. Yes, we have been in yeah. there. We found it accidentally. I think Jason had wanted a drink or mm-hmm. something, and it was called, like, Jason's Deli. So we're like, oh, we have yeah, to stop there. It is something similar to and that. And we're like, oh, there's a board game store back yeah. there. And so, so we popped in there. We went there a couple times, and I don't think we got to the point where we were on, like, first name basis with anybody mm-hmm. but like we walked in and you could tell like the lady there like knew us by yeah. looking at us like yeah. she was like oh hey like welcome back kind of thing yeah um which is nice yeah and they actually had like board game nights mm-hmm. and they have like tables and stuff so, mm-hmm. and they have like a big line of demos so we mm-hmm. actually demoed a lot of the games there mm-hmm. guard tower they do have like a demo play section but they have actual events going on so a lot of times the tables were too full to really do anything they have a lot of events going on there and then there was another one we went to which i think we only went there like two or three times because if beyond the board's kind of a hole in a wall this one's like a hole (laughs) in a hole in a wall (laughs) um it's another strip mall Uh but instead of being like 
one of the front stores. It's like the strip mall, and then there's like the side, and it's like in the back. That it's called the Soldiery. Yes, been there too. By the Laughing Ogre comic book. Like we we preferred going to the comic book store than we actually did Mm -hmm. like that board game. I think they're like sister stores or something like that. But like. We went in there and like the people were nice and there's like a lot of games, but it mm-hmm. just like it felt sketchy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's it's kind of cool though because we were in there. I think they were having like a I mean, sale like, or something, and it's very most places like they have like nice organized shelves. Like this place is almost like literal four to ceiling yeah, board game it's shelves. Like uh, when when you watch a movie and the character goes into like that old bookstore Mm -hmm. sort of thing that's kind of what it feels like in there that really it's not necessarily old i mean they obviously have a lot of you know they have the new stuff in there Mm -hmm. but it just has that kind of quaint old style kind of feeling to it a little bit we just didn't really feel that one like the guard tower you know we we walk in we always feel super welcome yeah especially now that you know, you walk in and it's like, hey, yeah. Mike's working. <laughs> like, we actually know his car yeah. at this point. <laughs> like, we pull up and we're like, oh, Mike's working. Cool. Yeah. We go in and talk to him. <laughs> so, um, so we we went to those places, picked up some board games, uh, kind of got back into Pokemon at that point starting yeah. out because like we knew pokemon out of like the whole store we're like yeah. oh hey pokemon yeah, so we like, got some new cards uh-huh. played it again for the first time in forever yeah uh tried magic the gathering because we we knew the name of it yeah who doesn't like, know the heard name of it, it yeah but we never played it yeah so we kind of got in with things that we were comfortable with mm-hmm. or have heard of yeah don't really care for magic to be honest and people I've might hate me for it. that um i just i don't know like i'm not super into it and the people who are into it are into yeah, it are and into super it. competitive like yeah. we even went to a couple like board game nights but it wasn't like they called it board game nights but they only played magic yeah. and that's how like most magic of them nights. are <laughs> and i remember we played and like the guy was nice and kind of like walked me through like my turns yeah but i almost feel like he did it so like he would still win oh yeah like he wasn't actually helping me try to like learn and like win the Play game, the game. Like, yeah he was just like walking me through so he could beat me and just like, move like on. yeah so yeah that can turn but like sour. we've actually tried it like a couple times like we tried it didn't really care for it tried it again and still mm-hmm. didn't really care for it so we kind of like yeah. Um, so one of the first games that we tried that wasn't more of what we knew was Love Letter. Oh, that's such a fun it game. It is a fun game, and it's it's a really good entry yeah. game. And it's a nice travel game, too. Yeah, and we actually, like, would bring it. Mm-hmm. Like, cause we used to live in an apartment, and we would go to, like, the laundromat, and we'd bring it with us mm-hmm. because it was, it's like, what, 15 cards? Is yeah, that? something. A little tiny deck. Um... But, like, the biggest, like, publisher that we really got into was Cryptozoic. So we played, like, Epic Spell Wars and Card Wars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, some other new, or, like, of the first games we played was Smash Up and Munchkin. Like, I think everybody's also played Munchkin. It's yeah. More like, like, it's, like, 
oh, you're new to board games? Have you played Munchkin yeah. yet? <laughs> I think everybody has played Munchkin yeah. at least once. So. Uh, yeah. So that's my history. Yeah. My history is, I suppose, a little bit similar, but my family was, like, really big into board games, so we would always get some kind of weird board games. Like, they mostly came from, like, the big box stores, but it was just that I would have games that nobody else would have sort of thing. So I would always have, like, people over, and we would always play something from my board games like I can't even remember the names of some of them they were just kind of really off the wall kind of games um I mean we did have the Monopoly and the Life and that sort of thing but that we actually didn't play those too much we would play one of our other games like um one of the games that my brother really liked because he really liked the video game was Roller Coaster Tycoon and that was a really fun board game to play a board game yes it, it's it's actually really fun. It's kind of, if I remember, it's been a long time since I played it. I think it was a little bit Monopoly-esque, and you had to, like, but you actually, like, built stuff. Like, there was, like, little cardboard stuff that would get, like, placed there. So it was it was really fun. It was a fun game to play. Um, I kind of played Pokemon when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure I didn't play it correctly, but I didn't get back into Pokemon until, like, two years ago ish um but yeah jason also introduced me to D &D (laughs) because he he likes being a creep and introducing people to (laughs) dnd so uh you should come play this game D &D. yeah um that's pretty i'm pretty sure that's exactly how it happened yeah like he's just so uh yeah you're pretty cool. And you should come play D and D with us. And he asks you like a dozen times until he you're like, did. "All right, I'll come try out this Dungeons and Dragons thing." Like, Fine, I'll come. Stop asking me. <laughs> um, and it was a friend of ours' dad that was actually running it, and I think um, he's running what second edition, first edition. So I learned first edition, and I then. Don't... You guys were on three when I came. Yeah, in. we were in three point five, yeah. and we eventually delved into three point five, and um, that's where we stayed for a long while. But that was while I was in high school. So, and then Jason slowly became our kind of official DM. Poor guy. <laughs> We've all DM'd like once or twice. I want to try it. It's just. It's 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 fun. hard finding like all the filler stuff. Yeah, you like, I got like main story points, but then I'm just kind of like, but how do I fill in the gaps in between like the main points? You gotta definitely try like a one shot sort of thing. Well, that's what I'm like working on. Yeah, kind of like oh, the one that I did one like back in high school, and it was it was probably really quick, super short. If I made like an upside down house that I put like a couple of monsters in and it was probably not even two hours and there was like not there was like a little tiny bit of a story but it was oh, just like, this is probably more story than like actual <laughs> like me planning yeah. out how it's gonna go yeah um it's like a mystery like oh, oh see you, you 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 go in like heavy i'm just yeah. like i built a house <laughs> mine's like i'm jumping in both feet yeah um, but yeah, it's something that 
everybody should try once and either you get a feel for it or you don't. And it's not necessarily a yeah. bad thing. It's I think like something you should always try. I've always been good at writing stories. I've just never really written an interactive story, yeah. I guess, where I have to like tell it, but I'm not in control of everything that yeah. happens. Because I think that's where I get nervous. Yeah, because as a DM, you have to be, I think, willing a little bit to let go of your story, mm-hmm. just a little bit. Like the players eventually follow it, just maybe not necessarily the way that you think they will. Yeah. Or like, the- like, because <laughs> playing D and D. And trying to write it, I now know, like, sometimes you might write one way of doing it, but there's, like, five ways of accomplishing it. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of at least, like, two or three things. Like, well, if they don't do this, but maybe they'll do this, (laughs) then I can still get this to happen. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of, like, the the spider web of events that could happen. (laughs) And then I think I just, like, overwhelm myself because it's my first yeah like what i'm trying to write yeah it can be it can be a lot but um so i've been playing dungeons and dragons we were we would play like weekly and then we would stop for a couple months and then we'd go back to playing pretty regularly but i don't think i got into board games until probably like seven or eight years ago was when me and Jason were dating, and then we went to Alter Ego, and I think they were having, like, a and d event, and then um, one of the guys, his name was um, Josh, he worked at the store, he actually got us in to try other board games, and that was how we got into the more modern-day board games, that we still haven't played a lot of, like, the big name stuff sort of thing we we pick out like a couple things here and there a little bit because we don't have like a huge huge outstanding collection or anything but um we went hard yeah (laughs) got like two balls (laughs) worth of games yeah but um it's it is something that we got into together too Mm -hmm. um it's a nice hobby to get in with somebody yeah and we definitely got a lot of our friends into more modern day board gaming, which is, it's nice to have a, a small mm-hmm. group of people to play games with. So the the games we picked out, they're kind of favorites. It's like, it's hard to pick a favorite board game yeah. unless you're like super diehard. But these are definitely ones where... I'm always down to play. Mm-hmm. If somebody's like, hey, you want to play a board game? I'm like, sure. And what do you want to play? These are the ones I list. <laughs> um, so I don't know if we want to go through the whole list or if you want to go back and forth. or. Um, I don't know. We, we could go back and forth. Okay. Let's see how that goes. Um, So the first one that I have on my list is a newer game to me. I've played it probably within the last year for the first time i think it's been out a little bit longer than that um it's a valeria card kingdoms by daily magic games Uh, the designer is isaias vallejo if that's how you pronounce his name (laughs) sounds right sounds legit that's his name now if it isn't (laughs) um 
So Valeri Card Kingdoms is one to five players. Um, it's a tableau kind of game where like you have like a table in front of you and you can add like things to it. Um, basically, you're a duke and you're trying to get people to work for you to kind of make a city that's in favor of the king basically okay all right so uh there's let's see three rows four rows of five cards where you have uh five stacks of monsters you have two different stacks of people that you can hire mm-hmm. and then there's a uh, row of stacks of dominions which is like buildings that you can add to your city okay so you roll dice and uh even if it's a player's turn like the dice is for everybody so let's say i rolled um a one and a two you would get uh the ability of any cards that have a one on it mm-hmm. you would get the ability of any cards that have a two on it and mm-hmm. you would get the ability of any cards that have three on it because you take added. the each face and then you add them together and then each card has like a active player mm-hmm. amount and then a passive player amount I gotcha. so i would like if it was my turn i would get and typically the active player's benefits is slightly better than the passive player right yeah so then you would get your resources, and the resources allow you to buy, you know, more character or more people, or to defeat monsters. And then, like each uh, worker has like a class, mm-hmm. and then those classes allow you. You have to have like specific classes, resources to buy the domains. Mm-hmm. Like they work at those places, or that's where you would find them, okay. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the premise of that game. It's it's really fun. The I haven't played the solitaire version of it, which is basically like it's similar, but the rules change slightly because mm-hmm. it's more so you against the game instead of okay. you against other players. Yeah. So at the end of the game, if you got you add up your victory points, and mm-hmm. if you beat a certain number, then you you, 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 you did good. Win. Yeah. So that's my first game. Uh, my first game is a game that I like to introduce to people playing, you know, modern board games for, like, the first time, is, uh, Kill Dr. Lucky, because I like to call it Reverse Clue. It kind of is. Yeah, because a lot of people know Clue. Yeah. And it's like, well, instead of trying to find out who murdered the guy, you're trying to murder the guy. Yeah. (laughs) And, um... I've I've introduced it to quite a few people and they've all enjoyed it. It's still got that kind of base gameplay that a lot of people are used to mm-hmm. in playing a game and I it can be kind of a longer game kind of depending on who's playing. Um but it is 3 to 8 players and you at least 3 which it can kind of hamper things. I think but. one of my favorite things about it is the flavor text. Yeah, because like you play it, you have to read each the flavor deck. Each character that you can choose to be, they don't give you any special abilities, but they each character gives a reason to why they want to kill Doctor Lucky. Mm-hmm. And some of them are like, they make no sense 
in trying to kill him. It's but very petty it's, reasons. Yes. Um, and so they have different weapons that work better in certain rooms and yeah, they all say really hilarious things. And then there are the spike cards, which you can play to stop other players from killing Dr. Lucky. Mm-hmm. And they all have the most amazing reasons why it the the attack failed to kill Dr. Lucky. Mm-hmm. But the game is is a great hilarious take on trying to murder somebody yeah. i guess but it if it, you can make killing somebody lighthearted, yeah it, it's found a way to do yeah. it um but it's it's a very kind of i think standard kind of gameplay mm-hmm. a little bit so it's it is it's one of the easier games for people to get into and play mm-hmm. i think because it's a familiar sort of style if a little bit different yeah so but that's that's one of my favorite games. And I'm going in completely like reverse order with stuff. It's published by Cheap Ass Games and designed by James Ernest, who I really like. Do you know the story behind Cheap Ass Games? Mm-mm. The story behind Cheap Ass Games is that James Ernest made the games and he made it to where you could um, print it at home or you would get like, I think you would get like a packet because this is. You know, I didn't get the game in this, you know, time frame. But I think you would pay um, just a couple dollars and get, like, a packet that has, like, some cards or something in it. And then you use items you already had around your house sort of Mm -hmm. thing to play it. And that's why it was called Cheap Ass Games because the games were really, really cheap. and But they were, like, really solidly made. They had a really good, Mm -hmm. you know, play Uh, style. I mean, I was just thinking about that the other day. Because um, I was painting some minis for the console for a game, mm-hmm. and I was just like, part of the reason why I didn't want to put a lot of detail into them was because they're they're like a big part of the game, but they're not really something that you necessarily look at the whole time. You're yeah. Playing. So like, you could easily just have like a bunch of coins in there instead yeah. of actually having the miniatures. Yeah. So like, that's part of the reason why I'm like it's not yeah. necessary, but that. I mean that that works out a lot of the games like mm-hmm. you really don't need it to be that elaborate or yeah. intricate uh-huh. of all the pieces. It's just nice. It's yeah, more it's so a little to nice. be pretty. Yeah, it's a nice thing to have. But um, oh, that's one of my favorite games. I like to break it out every once in a while. Yeah, it's fun yeah. to do. Um, so my second one of my favorite games is Sagrada. It's so pretty. Uh, it's one to four players, but they do have an expansion out now to make it five to six players. And the expansion does play slightly different. Like, they did add a new mechanic to it. Okay. But you can play that mechanic without the expansion, oh, like, of the nice. five to six yeah. players. So it was kind of just, like, they're adding a thing to, and then you can add more yeah. players, but, or you could just play it the way that it is. It's by, uh, Floodgate Games. Designers are Daryl Andrews and Adrian Adamescu. Again, it sounds sorry right. Sorry if I mispronounce it. <laughs> Apparently, I did it well. Maybe. <laughs> or at least convincing enough. Um, so, what Sagrada is, and it's based off of like the actual like Sagrada. I don't know if it's like a town or like a 
type of architecture or something. I have no idea. But basically, you're trying to make stained glass windows. Oh, I don't think I've ever played Sagrada. Oh, it's so good. I almost brought it, <laughs> but I didn't. Uh, but it, it's it's really, really pretty. The the pieces, they're really thick cardboard, mm-hmm. but they're, they're so beautifully done. Um, and the, the way that they did it is you get like a window pane looking piece mm-hmm. and they have like double-sided cards and you can you actually slip the card into the piece to sh- like form your window. Oh. And it's it's mostly a dice game. Mm-hmm. So there is some strategy because on the cards there's some spots that you have to place a specific color dice mm-hmm. and there's some spots where you have to place a specific number. And each card is different. So there is some strategy of how you want to fill up your window to make sure you fill in all the spots mm-hmm. because there are like limitations on how you place things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot of luck because you are just chucking dice. <laughs> so basically, you pull out um, dice based off of the two per player plus one. Mm-hmm. So you always have one left over when you're done. And that a single dice ends up being placed on the tracker and mm-hmm. each game is 10 rounds. Okay. So there's a, there's always like a, you know how far along in the game you are based on where you are on the tracker. It's not like oh how long is this going to be kind of game. So um with the turns, you know, the first player picks one put, puts it on their window, then mm-hmm. the next person then it goes in reverse order back mm-hmm. so the last player gets the advantage of being able to pick t- two in the row okay. um and the limitations with the board is you can't have the same number or the same color like next to each other like vertically or horizontally mm-hmm. diagonally is fine but you can't have like two yellows like vertically or horizontally or two ones okay etc um so that's that's where like the trick kind of comes in and then there's tool cards mm-hmm. and you each card that you put in for your window has like little favor tokens at the bottom mm-hmm. and that's also the difficulty of the window so the easiest one is three and the hardest one is six and then you get those favor tokens to mm-hmm. spend on the tools to use to help you manipulate your dice okay for the game so it's it's beautifully done it's a really fun game i've it's it's not hard to pick up. It's just learning how to place your dice and not accidentally making illegal moves. Oh, okay. Is the biggest issue. That's that's one I haven't played, but I know it's talked about a lot. Yeah. And um, they do actually have a digital version out now. Yeah. That's still beautiful. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, so I, I almost recommend if there is a digital game or a digital version of a game, to use it to learn the game mm-hmm. because you can't make illegal moves. Yeah. It does, like, when you go to play it in the physical version, you gotta keep mm-hmm. that in mind, but it does help learn the rules a lot of the times. Yeah, I like digital versions, and it's clean, yeah. digital versions are. <laughs> yeah. Don't have to worry about picking up after mm-hmm. it's done. Yeah. You don't have to deal the cards, it does it for you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Alright, well that's my second game. Okay, well my second game is Coup. 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 Have you played Coup? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I'm really bad at lying. Oh <laughs> I'm yeah. at it. I know, like I it's so Coup is a bluffing game. I am also terrible at bluffing games, but I still it's one of my favorite kinds of games to play. And I don't know why, because I can't normally lie because people just pick up on it right away. So mm-hmm. it's like I can't really lie. I'm either like but... super obvious when I lie or I constantly tell the truth and people are like, You're being suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> you're 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 not you're the one lying. And I'm yeah, like, no, no, I swear I'm telling the truth. And they're like, Yeah, that's what somebody who's lying would say. Um but Coup is a two to six player game. Um and it's made by it's published by Indie Board and Cards. Um, and it is uh, designed by Ricky Tata. <laughs> I wish it was me. <laughs> but um, it's it's a really, really fun game. I mean, every player gets two cards. Um, you still have a deck of cards. Um, one of the cards gets put aside. I normally forget to do that. Honestly, I normally forget. Any game that wants you to put a card aside, mm-hmm. I normally forget to put a card aside. Yeah. I, I mean, really bad at it. That happens a lot. Um, I think that was actually, we played the game for a while before we realized that was a part of the rules. So we were, we play a lot of games for a yeah, I totally did that recently. <laughs> How long were you playing before you realized? Probably like halfway through the yeah, game. Yeah, that's always fun. Because like, we were like, how, it's one of those games where you have cards Mm -hmm. and we were using the cards and it was like really hard to get cards back and we're like how like what happens if you run out of cards like how are you supposed to play these things because like a central part of the game is playing cards out of your hand (laughs) so the first part of your turn is you're supposed to draw a card card. and we weren't (laughs) (laughs) that makes it a little I still won so it wasn't that big of a deal but (laughs) It was an essential part of the game that we were missing out on. <laughs> um, but Coup, you have every player has two cards. They have a role associated with them. Like one of them is the Duke, and he allows you to draw three coins from the pot. And the main point of Coup is um, you want to be the last man standing. Um, and as as you go around the board, you know what cards you have, but nobody else does. So the part of the bluffing comes from you can do a different card than what card you have. So if you don't have the duke and you want three coins, you can say, I have the duke and I'm going to draw three coins. And generally, the first round of the game, everybody kind of does, you know, one thing and then it goes around the second time because you only have two cards in you go around the second time maybe you do the same thing maybe you do something different the third time around is generally when people start picking up on do you actually have that card because you said two turns ago that you had that card you did a different card your second turn and now you're saying you have a completely different one Mm -hmm. and so people can call your bluff and ask you to prove you have the card you say you do and if you don't you lose that card if you did um I think the other player loses a card. I think so. It's been a hot minute since I've played. We were also playing that wrong, too, when we first played. 
Um, but it's basically whoever's in the wrong loses the card. card. Yeah. Um, so it can go it can go pretty quick if you if you especially if you really know the cards mm-hmm. um, and you know the people you're playing with. Mm-hmm. Which Coup is one of the games that I like to play, but it's easier to play with people I don't know <laughs> or I haven't played with it before. Because you can really pick up on what people tend to do yeah. really easily. I, I could see, like, maybe the first couple times it might be better to play with people you do know because mm-hmm. you're easy at reading them. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, if they're bluffing or not. Yeah. But the more you play, the more predictable it is because yeah. they're always going to play it kind of the same. Kind so then the you same might want to play bit. with, like, different yeah. people. Which they actually came out with the... um like a big box expansion that comes with a different a bunch of different roles that so you can play with like the same base roles or you could switch it up and um, play with like I think like a communicator kind of person and that completely changes it which is nice because it's a different kind of game at that point each card does a different thing um but it's a little bit annoying because you're never really sure what cards do because in the base one you can pretty much memorize what all the cards do there's like i think seven different ones or something like that but in you know the bigger version they have i think there's at least three cards for every like position type so i think it winds up being like 18 different roles or something like that so it's they do um i think they have an app that is a little like quick cheat like this card does this this card does that because part of the game is bluffing so you want to be able to bluff what card you're doing without obviously looking at what the cards do do they have player aids for each player or is it like one big one that's usually in the middle it's that you have the roll cards out in the middle that show what each of them do and what we were doing is that we would take a picture of it on our phones Mm -hmm. sort of thing so that way you weren't being like what that card said and yeah yeah so but i do like it because it does shake it up a lot more but there's a lot for like replay value Mm -hmm. like you you don't want to feel like you're playing the same game every time yeah so it is it is really nice for that i mean there's there's a downside to it but Mm -hmm. it's not really that big of a downside to it yeah but i think that's what i like about like the games that i have on my list is that there are a lot of replay values yeah. like valeria card kingdoms has i think like four or five expansions mm-hmm. which adds like the numbers i think it's like one through 12 some of them are doubled up but mm-hmm. each expansion adds another one so you can pull out different roles mm-hmm. each time mm-hmm. and be playing for different people because each one does something different yeah so that's what I like about that. And then Sagrada with the dice, mm-hmm. it, you can it's never play the pretty, same game yeah. two times in a row because yeah. dice are just that unpredictable. <laughs> yeah. Replayability is a you know, big part of, of games, mm-hmm. I think. It it makes you know it more appealing because we don't want to play a game only once or twice. Mm-hmm. And then it just sits on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a some of those yeah i mean part of it is it's just we haven't got around to playing some of our games again yeah (laughs) yeah there's definitely some where you buy them and you play them and you're like maybe i shouldn't have bought yeah (laughs) (laughs) what's Uh, your third game my third game is probably 
the more complicated one of all of them. <laughs> it's Mansions of Madness. It's two to five players by Fantasy Flight. It's actually in its second edition now. First edition, this one I'm probably going to butcher. It's Cory Con... I don't know. Corey something. <laughs> Look it up. Not even gonna like attempt that butcher. There's a C and a Z and a K like all next to each other. They shouldn't go next to each other. <laughs> Is it like? Hang on, can I see? Kanazika. Kanazika. Uh, yeah. I mean, sure. That yeah. that seems right. And then second editions by Nikki Valens. Got that one. <laughs> so the first edition there was an actual like game master. Like they would tell the players what's going mm-hmm. on. Where the second edition, it's all in an app. The app tells you everything that you need to do. Very nice. It is very nice. A lot cleaner. I never played the first one, I, but I can only imagine yeah. like all the books that that player would have yeah. to have. Like, okay, this happened, so now you have to do this. <laughs> um, so Mansions of Madness is like it's a lot more complicated. It's you can learn it. Like we did have to learn it ourselves, mm-hmm. but it's one where it's almost better if you've had somebody who has played it before because mm-hmm. it makes explaining the rules so much easier. Yes. Um, but it's kind of like D&D in a way. It's mm-hmm. like a role player game. Yeah. Um, where you're, you're kind of fighting against the game. Like mm-hmm. the game is like against you and it's, Mansions of Madness, I have to say, it is an HP Lovecraft based game. It is in that lore. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of insanity. <laughs> <laughs> like kind of literally. Yeah. Um, so you you see a lot of those monsters from his lore come into life in mm-hmm. that game. Um, but there's tiles that you place down, like the game, depending on which scenario you play. And there are actually quite a few of them out now with the, some of the expansions that they have. Mm-hmm. But the, the game will tell you um, which tiles to lay out at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You'll choose your character. They have, you know, their stamina and sanity stats Mm -hmm. each of them have a special ability so you definitely want to like kind of want to try to like balance your characters with the people that you're playing with yeah um because you don't want like all your characters to be like high stamina and low sanity Mm -hmm. you kind of want one character that maybe has more sanity than Mm -hmm. one with more stamina so you're balanced out like because they kind of matter uh, when you're doing like ability tests, um, there's also other stats. There's like strength, agility, lore, uh, influence, will, and like those come into play a lot too. But the uh, the tiles, uh, the game will tell you what to lay out. You put your characters on it, and then as you play the game and a discovering different rooms, more tiles will come mm-hmm. out. So, like, the game grows as you play. Yeah. So that's that's really cool. And then it usually starts out kind of simple, like, just kind of letting you get the feel of, like, the building that you're in. Mm-hmm. And then after a certain point, all hell breaks loose. Yeah. <laughs> all the big monsters come out. And you're like, ah! 
So you either kind of have to like solve it in time. Mm-hmm. There's like some murder mysteries you have to figure out who who done it. Yeah. Uh, there's some of them where you're just monster smashing. Mm-hmm. Like the monsters come out pretty early. Um, so it's kind of like fight or flight. You gotta figure out when to dodge, when to actually stand your ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on the scenario. So, uh, there's different themes to the scenarios, and, like, each one kind of has its own, like, what's going on. Yeah. That one's a big, chunky game. It is. So. If you, I think the shortest game is, like, still an hour long. Yeah. So, it's one of those games where if you want to play it, either do it, you can pause it with the app now. Mm Mm-hmm. But typically, it's best, like, you want to set time aside to play it. Like, anywhere between an hour to three hours. (laughs) Sometimes it can be even longer than that. But it's definitely, it, there's so much going on, it doesn't get boring. No, yeah. Like, you could be playing for three hours and not feel like you've been sitting there for three hours. I've I've only played that game, I think, once, maybe twice. Um, and I know Jason's been painting the minis for it, and we haven't. He wanted to finish painting the minis, and that's why he was like busting them out so quick. Because mm-hmm. he's like, when these are done, I want to play the game. Because mm-hmm. he's been he's been wanting to play it, but he wanted all the minis yeah. painted before we played it. Um, but I really enjoyed it, and yeah, it definitely did help having somebody who played the game. Because Ricky taught me how hey. to play it. I was very very beneficial to have somebody who knew how to play it mm-hmm. on hand. But I would say it's probably not very hard. That, that's the kind of game that comes with, like, a small, like, if this is your first time playing mm-hmm. kind of guide. Yeah. And then... There are... I think what makes it kind of intimidating is that there are a couple books that it comes with. One's, mm-hmm. like, the actual rule book. Mm-hmm. And one of them's more of, like, a quick guide, quick mm-hmm. reference, yeah. glossary kind of thing. Yeah. Like, this is what this means, or, mm-hmm. like, oh, if you're doing this, make sure you do this yeah. kind of thing. So, it it looks intimidating, but a lot of the time, the app walks you through what you need to yeah. do. Um, the only time it doesn't really tell you what to do, and you need to know the rules, is the player's turns, because you get, like, two turns per person. Mm-hmm. And you can either move, or you can interact with something, mm-hmm. or you can like search for something. Mm-hmm. Um, so you gotta gotta know how that works. Yeah, but it's super fun. It's got random puzzles in it, mm-hmm. like uh, sliding the the blocks around to get that one block free, mm-hmm. or like a code kind of thing where it's a certain code and it could be one 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 one, mm-hmm. or it. It's just a combination, yeah. and you have to, like, try to, like, figure out what that combination is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's symbols, it's mm-hmm. general idea, or sometimes it's, like, a slide picture, like, this picture scramble, yeah. you have to slide the pieces around. Terrible at those. <laughs> but, like, the your stats tell you, like, how many times you can attempt the puzzle mm-hmm. before your turn's over yeah. kind of thing. So it's just super interesting. I love that game. Yeah. It's, it's a really, it's and a good game. Like I said, there's a lot of scenarios, and even if you play, like, the same scenario, like, in a row, Mm -hmm. there are still elements, even in the game, that will be slightly different. Like, they 
probably most of the time they don't set up that the like the mansion exactly the same even mm-hmm. if it's the same scenario they'll, mm-hmm. they'll kind of switch it up a little bit mm-hmm. so you're it's got a lot of replay value with mm-hmm. that too and there's a lot of different characters that you could yes. be in too which can change the game yeah. too so it's a good game good game yay uh my third game is the captain is dead Oh yeah, we did play that one. Yeah, it's a that's a co-op game. Um, it's published by AEG or Alderic Entertainment Group, um, and it was designed by Joe Price and JT Smith. Um, but the captain is all the easy names. I know. <laughs> when you were like, some of these are hard to pronounce. I'm like, mine are all really easy. <laughs> um, but the captain is dead. Is a two to seven player. Um, I've seen some people online where they try to do like a single player playthrough, so I don't think it is impossible because it is the players against the game. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably be a lot of finagling to do the single player, but you could probably do it. Mm-hmm. Probably just play multiple characters, but uh it is still kind of a bluffing game a little bit though. Right? Uh, I mean not not really because you're all working to get the engine going, mm-hmm. it's it's a very Star Trek game, which is very but d- fun. But doesn't have doesn't somebody like infected? No, that is uh, Burke's Gambit. I know we played this <laughs> game, but I'm like fully lost in what it is now. Uh, no, the captain is dead. Is where you're on a spaceship, and the captain has died because aliens are invading your ship. And the engines have failed. So the goal of the game is to get the engines back online to get out of the alien's grasp, basically. Um, and the the aliens, it cracks me up. When the aliens come onto the ship, they just stand there. But you can't avoid them. You have to attack them. But they don't ever attack you. And I just find that absolutely hilarious because it's like we don't i don't i i like to joke that the aliens are there to say a friendly hello and we just all freak out and just shoot them maybe (laughs) i didn't play this game but and it's it's got like really funny like star trek little elements in it like there's a character that is a red shirt and if he dies because it's possible to die but it's not because of the aliens (laughs) but if he dies he just goes back to the deck. And he just constantly spawns there whenever he dies. So, and if, because the way that you can get hurt is if you're standing in a room that gets, like, attacked or whatever. That um, generally damages you and you have to go to um, the hospital wing. And, um, but the red shirt, he dies and he just spawns back up. So it's typical red shirt. And he gets, because normally it's like only one character gets hurt. The red shirt always dies. Like, always. If he's in that room, he's the one that dies. <laughs> um, but yeah, the main part of the game is to get the engines back online. But there's the aliens are attacking your ship. And so they're constantly, stuff is getting blown up in the ship. So, like, the comm system will go down, or the teleporter will go down, or just. Little things like that, and I've never beaten the game yet. 
Oh no. I played it a few different times. It's not it's not one that I actually own yet, but I have played it probably half a dozen times or more. But it's it's a game that gets you it wants you to play it again and again and again to try and figure out some sort of combination that will you could figure out how to get the engines going and protecting the rest of the ship and I just haven't found a good combination when I play with people yet. So, because hmm. each each character has a different role, they have different abilities. Um, so, like the engineer is really good at fixing the engines. He's got really good engineer skills. Because then there are different skill cards that you can get, um, and you need those cards to do certain things on the ship. Um, so. And you generally get those, you can decide to get them. You get so many actions on your turn. I think it's, um, I want to say it's the android that gets like five actions on their turn. Generally, a character gets like, I think, three or four. Um, But the android gets like an extra one because they're an android. But they don't get any other special abilities. I think one of the medic's ability is that they can heal a person wherever they are they don't have to be in the med bay or something like that so each character does have like a little thing that is helpful um the there is a hologram on the ship but if the core goes down or if the teleporter goes down the hologram is stuck in the core oh man he gets stuck in there and can only do things in the core and it's just little things like that that it's just it makes the gameplay really fun and exciting and there's a lot of characters that you can be i want to say there's probably about 15 or 16 different characters but only up to seven can play so you can always play a different character every single game you play if you want Mm -hmm. so it's definitely got a lot of replayability because i find it incredibly hard and it, it it's hard in a really fun way yeah but it's it's very you know, players against the game kind of game, but it's I feel a lot like of fun. a lot of co-op games, which I didn't even say what, if mine were co-op or not, but uh, I find a lot of co-op games, there's like 10 ways to lose and one way to win mm-hmm. most yeah, of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Just because they probably think like, oh, a lot of brains are working together. Gotta make this hard to win. Otherwise, <laughs> they're gonna win every time. Because Mansions of Madness is co-op, which actually is really good. Because yes. I, I feel like if that game was not, yeah. it would be even harder. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a Lovecraft-based game. Yeah. Most of the time, you're going to lose. Yeah. Because I think most Lovecraft-based games are, or Cthulhu-based games, are co-op. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen one where it's not co-op. I can think no, of I a think, few. I think they're all a few of them. They're all. I think they're all co-op. All co-op. I think it's just the way the game goes. It would, it's hard enough <laughs> on its own going like, against Cthulhu. And, like, yeah. You gotta have some help. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's a lot of good games out there. These are these are ones yeah. that I like to pull out or play when I get a chance. Yeah, like I said, like usually if somebody's like, "Hey, what game do you want to play?" These are some of the ones that, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm always down to play this game, even if you're not. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it really cracks me up is that me and Ricky have not 
played a lot of the same game. Yeah. So a lot of unless we're the ones teaching it to each other, our games never really line up, which is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> like we've kind of just found different publishers, I guess, that we like. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of them that we have played that are the same, mm-hmm. but generally, I feel like our just like game types interests are kind mm-hmm. of different. Different, yeah. Like I like strategy games. Yeah, like strategies are super fun to me. Mm-hmm. Kind of like puzzles, like Sagrada, like trying to find the perfect way to put your dice in your window so you, yeah. so you don't mess up, get the most points. Mm-hmm. You know, like a puzzle to me, and I just Love it. Yeah. Love it. I'm a really big fan of, of bluffing games and of like co-op games. Cause bluffing I really, games are fun, but like I said, I'm just like so bad at it. Like when uh, Werewolf comes up. You've played Werewolf, right? Yes. You know, or Mafia or just mm-hmm. one of those games. I normally wind up as like the game master or whatever because I if I am the werewolf or if I am like the killer... I get called out immediately yeah. every single time. I've played Salem, and whenever I'm the witch, everybody's instantly like, Ricky's the witch! It's like, you don't even say anything, you don't even do anything. I just, and like, it's blink, like, and they're like, she's yeah. the witch! People just call you out, so it's like, I don't, well, I like... My telltale thing is, like, I think when I'm innocent, I'm more involved, because I know, like, I'm not the bad guy, Yeah. but when I'm the bad guy, I'm just kind of like... Don't draw attention to yourself. Draw attention to yourself. <laughs> I think I'm normally a little bit of the reverse. That I'm normally like a background when I'm innocent, but when I'm not, I'm more vocal, mm-hmm. <laughs> and people pick up on that like right away. Yeah. I guess. But it's like, yeah, sometimes I like I blink, and they're like, "Oh, Ashley's the werewolf," and it's like it didn't even I'm so do like, anything. So <laughs> I I've played werewolf a couple times and we've actually had like a big group playing it, like probably 10 plus mm-hmm. people playing it which makes it really fun yeah and i always got like a villager oh. like most of the time and the finally <laughs> i got to be the werewolf and it was me and my best friend at the time like we just they're like werewolves wake up and we like locked eyes and we're like yes and then somebody I think they ended up playing, I forget what she's called, but it's, I think it's the one that's, like, not the seer, but, like, the, similar to the seer, but Mm -hmm. she's more on, like, the werewolf side, instead of the villager side. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And they called her to wake up, and the person's like, yeah! And she just, like, called out when we were, (laughs) we're like, what, what are you doing? (laughs) Hello. And it wasn't like our first game. It was like several games in. Like, come on. Forgot what game she was playing. So we had to like pull all the cards back, Aww. reshuffle them, and of course they got villager again. <laughs> like, dang it. We were we were at a convention and we were playing a Death Note themed mafia, which was really fun. And it was with like pretty much a group of total strangers. Mm-hmm. And I got to be the killer. And it was seriously I didn't know any of these people, and they called me out right away. And it's like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> don't call me out like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, call-out games are really fun because 
I know a lot of people can have a problem with co-op games because sometimes there can be that person that's always trying to tell people how to play their turn or, mm-hmm. like, what to play on their turn. Uh, but it's... I, I like it because it's, it's, it's getting people to work together mm-hmm. and to... Yeah, it's always interesting to see, like, how people shine in those kind of games. Yeah. Like... Oh. Like, somebody who's kind of quiet, maybe they'll have, like, a really good idea for solving a specific kind of problem. Yeah. And you kind of learn about people a little bit Mm -hmm. when co-op games. Yeah. Co-op games are fun. And you get to see who's sore losers in in competitive games. (laughs) Like, I'm never playing with that person again. (laughs) But uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. It's been a fun first podcast yeah so hope we'll see you again see you again and by see you i mean not really see See you (laughs) well uh thanks for listening to ricky and ashley's rolling entertainment aka rare